Wow. Thank you, Lord. Um, <clears throat> we've been talking about kingdom growth. This started off in the Christmas period. And we talked about the wise men coming to Jesus and bringing gold and frankincense of myrrh. People bringing gifts to God. <clears throat> and if we'd only realise that in the midst of us, God was bringing the greatest gift to man. In the, 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 it's almost a paradox of it all. We were just blind to the, the idea. And yet salvation's initiative was birthing itself as a child. Hallelujah. So, <clears throat> we carried on the thought, what then can we give to God? What is it we can give to him in our lives? And we spent some time talking about that we're a body of people, the church. I wanted, I'm going to reiterate a couple of things here. A, because it wasn't recorded, and I want you to get some um, foundation put in place so that when it is uploaded onto the, um, in the iTunes, we've got a marker place here. I know it's the 11th of January, but I might repeat myself a little bit. But I hope you don't mind that. Because you belong, and we belong to a body of people that wants to be effective and effective out there in this community where we live. Because we, like you've heard, we belong to the church. You've been called out off dark into a light to become a body of people. We're not an organisation. We're not trying to build the home of the free kingdom. We're part of a body of people, a global church that's been called out and released into the world. We need um, direction. We need guidance. We need to gather the, the, the reality, the revelation of what Jesus has done, who he is, what he is in us, what the plan and purpose is. Because that plan of salvation that Jesus came as a child is effective in you. When Jesus was crucified, he was a seed being planted. And we're the harvest of that seed. Say, I belong to the harvest of the crucifixion. And we've been called for a reason and for a purpose. Hallelujah. I want someone to come and read a portion of scripture for me. Have I got any volunteers? Okay. Dinner, should we come and do this one? It's Matthew 25, 14 to 30. Okay, the parable of the talents. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man travelling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to the one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. 
and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and had, hid your talent in the ground. Look, then you, look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received back to my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has more, they will be, they will be given and he will have abundance. But him who does not have even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Is that the end of... Next to me. <clears throat> So John hit on it earlier on. So we come to a body of people. And God's called us to be a part of a body of people. You know, church is a place where God plants you. Puts you in a place where you remain and you stay and in that place you find your purpose and within that place you are equipped to work through and get your purpose to know what you've been called and learn to be um, equipped to work and move within that body of people so as a company of people as a body we're all in this walking together but we're, we're all doing different jobs and this body works. Now, Home of the Free Church is still in its embryonic stage. 
We're young, we're slow, but we are effective. There's a lot of work that takes place through this small bunch of people called us. And God's at work in us and through us. And it's vital that everyone here understands that this is where, or maybe you're asking the question, is this where I should be? Is this the place where God's planting me? Is this the place where I'm going to invest my time? Is this the place where I'm going to invest and trust God for instruction and direction and equipping by his word through the servants area? Because that's from my position is, that's what we want to do here. Because we're, we're on a, a, a mission to share the life and purpose of God through the gospel to the people that's around us. And we do it through the Spearhead Trust all through the week. And we come on Sundays to enjoy the benefits of that and recognise that we're a body of people as well. And just like Jesus was when he was here in the flesh, he was mucking in, rolling his sleeves up, doing some woodwork maybe, Doing stuff amongst the people, talking in Koine Greek, the strict Greek of the day. There's no hairs and graces with Jesus. He was amongst real people like us. Hallelujah. Just like we're amongst the people in our sphere of life. Yeah. And we're we're about to double our drops on the estate if you want for literature and also John's going to be setting up we're doubling our evangelism work for people who want to be involved in evangelism and sharing the gospel and we can see the whole church strategy changing where people won't be coming here to be taught so much as to come and hear the testimonies of what God's done in the interim period because people have been out there sharing the gospel, praying for people and there's the manifestation of the miracles of God taking place and I'm confident that as we make ourselves available to do that type of work then God will be there we're going to bring people are going to come, this family is going to going to grow would you like to see this room hall filled with people yeah Absolutely, and so would I. Uh, so we can be more effective. But that's about us fixing ourselves up, preparing and equipping ourselves, and going out and talking and sharing in all the ways that the potential is within us. So, hallelujah for that. Amen. So, Denise has read a parable of the talent. I read today that a talent was equivalent to 16,000 denarii if it was going to be money. And that's... a 12 years wages in, the, in Jesus' time. In this particular portion of scripture. Although 
there's lots of questions about what actually the talent was. And we'll get to that as we're going through this. So the first verse, 20, Matthew 25 verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man travelling from a far country. Who called his own servants and delivered his goods. Denise uh, read the whole story. I'm going to break it down into the verses and explain it the best way I can. Okay. The parable is telling us about the man travelling. We can, we can be confident that this is about Jesus coming, coming into the world and giving gifts to men. Okay. And I like what the scripture says. It's according to their ability. God gives gifts according to us. As seems best to him. And that's really something you need to think about. Not as you think your ability is, but as he knows according to him. Okay. <clears throat> I was looking for a couple of different translations just to get, give it broaden the, the way you can read this. In the, in the Kenneth West translation, it says this. It is just as a man is about to go abroad... And calls his own slaves. This is a, a Greek and Hebrew translation. Calls his own slaves and gave his possessions to them. With the responsibility of caring for and managing them. The message translation reads. It's like a man going off on an extended trip. He calls his servants together and delegated responsibilities. The New Living Translation says he gave them money to invest for him. And there's a, a, a new translation recently come out in the last week or so, the Tree of Life version that incorporates Hebrew and it says, he called his own servants and handed over his possessions to them, each, each according to their own ability. So we know about that, don't we? From the gift God gave when he gave his only begotten son, God is still giving every time, all the time. We've got a giving God. Hallelujah. Listen to this. John 1, 10 to 14. I just felt the Holy Spirit say, read this out. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us or lived in the neighbourhood. And we beheld his glory, the glorious of the one only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The, the, the gifts 
the money, the investment, the possessions of what gives to us. God's saying for us to give, to use, are gifts that he's given to us already. It's not like we're, we, we've, we've got the training for it or the qualification. Remember we spoke about our qualifi- as far as our qualifications are, are we haven't got any. <laughs> we haven't got any qualifications. And it's because we didn't have any that he called us. He called the foolish things of this world. He called the debased things, the things that are nothing, in order to shame the things that are. But with these things, these people, not of the will of God, not of the will of man, but through the will of God, he called them out. And that's us. And he put something of himself in us. And I like this verse in John 17. God giving, listen to this, that they, this is Jesus' prayer before he was going to go to the Garden of Gethsemane and he was praying for us. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are one that's a gift of God's glory in us hallelujah it's in us Colossians says Christ in us the hope of glory And, and the glory's there like a Dynamo, the life and power of God. It's there, that the authority and the power of God in every single one of us. So the gifts and that God's given us through this, the talents, the goods, everything that's, that's there, can be seen as a glory, it's an opportunity to bring reflection and pointing to him. We're just his servants after all. So the modern day talent that we're hearing about. Is a reference to a natural gift. It's important. Okay. And to one he gave five talents. And to another two. And to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on the journey. God's invested these gifts and things in us. Do you feel like you? Does anyone feel like that? You don't have to put your hands up or anything. There's something going on in the spirit. There's an intensity. You can see an opportunity that something's happening, but you just can't put your finger on it. God wants you to put your finger on it. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 4, 7. Lewis, please. 
not here. But to each of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And in the next verse, Therefore he says, When he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. That's the truth in us now. So you've got a gift, at least one, two, three, five, and knows how many. It's, this is about your willingness, this is about your faith, this is about you allowing God to do something in you. In Ephesians 4, 3.20, you'd have to put this up, don't bother this one, please. It says, God can do immeasurably more than we can ask or think but the key verse which comes afterwards according to the power that works in us let's give it up then okay if, sorry Ephesians 3 20 and 21 let's, let's see it, let's see it up on the screen Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, he is able above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. And it's up to us how that power is released. We've, you know, like we said earlier today, we're, we're like a taxi driving the Holy Spirit around in our world. And you can say, okay, I want to get out now. And you can say, well, sorry, I'm too busy. I've got to get to work at nine o'clock. The bus is coming now. Sorry, I can't do that. Or whatever the distraction might be. And there probably will be distractions. Sorry, you can't go out today. I can't let you out. <laughs> this, is the, this is God's aliveness. We have a relationship and the, com the communication of that needs to be worked into our daily lives. Then here would Matthew 25, 16 and 17 from what Denise read. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded them and made another five talents. And like likewise, he who received two gained two more also. These are gifts for us to use, church. They're not designed to be put in the cupboard. They're not trophies. They're not pictures that we portraits of stuff. They're not... These, these are living, breathing gifts that are designed to work in us and for us. For Him. I've written down. We are not secret agents when we join the church. Designed to keep our faith quiet. It's not what it's all about. Just come up, isn't it? Our declaration of faith is not meant to be a secret. There's a testimony going on. God's done an incredible work in us. The biggest miracle that God's ever going to do has already taken place if we're born again. 
The miracle of being having our nature changed, a sinful nature taken away, and born again with a brand new identity, a new breed, a new creature. There's nothing like us on the face of the earth. And we do water it down. We are a new breed of creature. And Romans 1.16 says, The gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. I said this before. I was going to work one morning on the bus. And there's two guys raving about their weekend, bragging on what they did and what they didn't do. And the one guy was saying something to the one guy, the other guy. He said, I did this and I did that and I did the other. And the guy said, no, you never. He said, I did, honest. It's the gospel truth. And this, the gospel's interwoven into our society, into our vocabulary, and it's dismissed and not seen because there's a cloak. But the only truth is the gospel truth. Hallelujah. And it's, it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Shall we have a look at some of the gifts that's taken place? I've cut this down to a couple of verses, but I'd really like you to go and home and and read the adjacent verses before and after and see what God's saying. This is what you're active and can be active in doing. So this is Romans 12, verse 6 to 8. I'm here with. <clears throat> I could have filled the whole page up with and read it through, but I really wanted to, to be honest. So it starts off with a paragraph with living sacrifices to God. But at verse 6, it says this. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophesy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministering, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives, give with liberality, he who leads, lead with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. There's a whole package of gifts that God's saying, I've invested these in you within a body of people in a church, any given church. God's dropping, bringing people in and saying, right, you need a little finger in this church. You need someone who's going to do different jobs. And, and, and I'm praying, Lord, bring these people in so that we can make this church more effective, so that we can build a body of people who can walk balanced, who can find their satisfaction 
in the things that we share, in the people who they meet here. Right? Because it's about coming together. We're part of the family of God. And we're not here accidentally. There shouldn't be people passing through. No problem with visiting. That's fine. But there's talking about faithfulness, planting, commitment, keeping it all together, following us all together, reliance on each other, because we're... This might... The body of the church might stand when the families don't. I say that really carefully, but it's the truth. The bond in Christ should be stronger, and it will be that because of circumstances and situations in the world. Because people in our families will say, You shouldn't, don't do that anymore, don't follow him. And like we said on Tuesday, sometimes the people in our families are the biggest dream thieves in our lives they've got the most power to influence and get our attention off what we know is the truth and it's a very very dangerous church but again we reiterate the truth but we belong to the churches it's a deep commitment it's a deep confession and statement of fact Hallelujah. Revelation 12:11 And they overcame him the enemy the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony that they didn't love their lives unto death. And I'll say it again. We need to work the wheel and recognise that not right now but in the future what we stand for might cause us to shed blood. There are a lot of people out there doing just that for the lie. Just that, because they're deceived. And we are and have the truth. There is no other way to the Father except through me, Jesus said. I am the door. We we need to stand firm. And this is one of the reasons why we want to... um, increase our desire to outreach and evangelise because there's a lot of people out there evangelising that don't even have the truth I mean sometimes grace can get you to sit back take it easy sit round you with cotton wool and candy floss and say okay sarah sarah whatever will be, whatever I do God loves me and I'm going to heaven And that's it. But because God has invested his goods 
in us. Because we have talents. His own possession, the one translation says. He's given of himself and says, you have that. Let someone else know that, what you've got. Show it to them. You be the one I've chosen to do this in the body, in this church. You be the one who can... You can do that. Well, I don't really... You can do it. God's called us, every single one of us, to be a part of this wheel of the cog, of the mechanism, of the organism, of the body of Christ. For Druidsy, for us. And Birmingham. But the body's a global man. And there's a, there's a head to that body. And it's Jesus, it's the Christ. And from the head comes all the direction, all the, 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 the thinking, all the purpose, all the way things work. And it's validating itself in the world all the time. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I know we're going to see some incredible things. And it's not going to be by sitting back here sometimes filling our head with information that we need to translate it into heartfelt revelation and take that eagerly out amongst people who need to know what we've got and they can just look at you I remember someone, some woman came to me one day and says, oh, what are you selling now? I says, <clears throat> I said, you can't afford what I'm trying to show you today. I'm not trying to sell you anything. Um, but great opportunity, great testimony, great talk. We'll grow. And when we come to start the meeting, and I'm saying, have we got a testimony? There'll be hands up, and people coming to the front. Yeah, I was talking to da da da, and they said da da da, and I prayed for him, and whoa! It happened right in front of my eyes. I couldn't believe it, it was incredible. But I couldn't believe it. I spoke to this person about Jesus, and, and, and they said, can you pray for me then, please? Because I want to know him. You go, what? Yeah. And I prayed for him and I sensed or her something come from me and touch their heart. And it was incredible. And I said some things to her or him that they're never said it before. It was incredible. And then you walk in and expecting the supernatural all the time. And we're, we're, we're switched on. So we come to church not waiting to be filled. Because we've had a, a slow struggling week. But we come to church because we want to empower. We want to give. We want to lift him up. We, the, 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 we ain't got to think about what happened on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday when it got drab and I felt rubbish and oh this, that and the other and I'm really glad to get to church and sing some songs because I need some help. 
There's a time for that. But it's not the norm. The Bible says that we come and deliver. We iron sharpening iron. That we're coming and ministering together as a bunch of people to Him. Because we've all used, delivered, released something of what God's pouring us to whosoever. And that's where the life is, church. And it's God's calling us to do that, to use His talents. Just take it. You haven't got it. I've given it to you. You haven't got to look good. You just, it's just, I've given it to you. you I'm trying to. Oh, you put yourself in a place, out on a limb, where you literally don't know what you're going to do next because you just don't know. Then grace comes. Grace doesn't come until you need it. And when you're in a position where you don't know what you're going to say next, something comes. When you don't know what you're going to do next, something comes. And you realise then, it's him. And then that, you keep that all your life. That's just the path on which you walk. So much opportunity. What we have, incredible. The message of the cross is designed to transform us at a heart level. We're not after information. It just puffs up at a heart level to free us from fear. The transformation to come from a knowledge of the truth that has taken away, taken place in our spirit, and the outworking of that same truth in a practical way. I always remember Leslie at, at Millpool used to say, I'm trying to get it right, it's no good to be so spiritual that you're no earthly good. Remember that, that? It's no good to be so spiritual if you know earthly good. And I think Jesus had the balance. He would, wouldn't he? He'd have it perfectly tweaked. We're learning, we're fine-tuning, and we're discerning and throwing away and dumping and <gasps> carrying it back because he shouldn't have got rid of that bit. We take hold of this relationship with an understanding that he was perfectly loved, absolutely secure, and fear won't have no place in love. It can't. As far as the east is from the west, is fear and love. It, the, 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 the world's apart. But when we recognise how much he loves us, we can step into the crowd of Muslims. We can step into a crowd of unbelievers 
We can stand up when the odds are stacked against us. And love lives in us. We're not condemning anyone. We're not hurting anyone. We're not pointing the finger. We're not being contentious. We're looking at them right into their hearts and saying, It's okay. Do you know God really loves you? There's no... Yeah, it might cost something. And it sure will. But we're not burying the talent. We're not stepping back when opportunity arises. We're not compromising. We're using the gift. We're getting investment and or interest, sorry, on the investment. That's what God's asked us to do. If you've got the cure for cancer, you're not going to stay in the kitchen reading the newspaper, blowing bubbles. That's right our bunk, isn't it? You're going to go out and take, take this truth, this incredible revelation to people who need it. And we've been called, you've been called for these days. We are a part of the church of the last days. I'm not being melodramatic. See the way the world's changed in the last two years. See the way the things have been stepped up and things are changing on a social level, in a government level, on a monetary level. It's, it's going to part. And when it's at the darkest, when it's the most dangerous, then God calls his people to step out at the dark and be the light in the world. When people are hungry, it's the church that's going to feed them. When people are struggling and, and despairing, it's the church who are going to give hope and purpose. And bring peace. And, and all these uh, investments that God has given to us as a body of people. To deliver to a needing neighbourhood and beyond. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not even halfway through this. Do you get it? Have I been able to communicate well the little bit that I have been? Do you, do you understand a bit more that the God's in us and we're not walking around aimlessly? We've got a reason and a purpose. We come to church to get equipped, to use our sword. So what you want about Sid? Read Ephesians 6. Sword of the Spirit is the word of God. How to share the truth. How to speak. How to use the words to comfort and bring hope and purpose. When we walk into situations where there's aggravation and pain, you know about it, 
and Eucliffe as well. We can come with reassurance and peace and hope. But it is it, anything other than Jesus is only temporary. Healing without Jesus is temporary. People still die and are separated from God. I'm sure in your contemplative moods right now that you've recognised that there's something in you bigger than you. There's a plan and a purpose in you bigger than you. And somehow, because of responsibilities that we have in our lives, again, I keep referring back to Tuesday, we, somehow we've got to, because we talked about commitment on Tuesday we've got to try and manage this in our lives not that we want to be worldly when we're not but we want to be able to bring Jesus in a practical way and find the doors and take the opportunities to release him spiritually too and at the same time Stirring ourselves up and keeping ourselves alive and awake in the faith. And I'm sure you want to do that, don't you? I'm sure we want us to grow like a body. Look, I know that John is going to be speaking to her people about who want to be a part of the evangelism apart from the, 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 um, the drops that we do on the estate. But it will be going into the city centre probably uh, and different other places sharing the truth making sure we come across people and exercising the gift again that God's speaking to us about you know you don't want to stand up everybody okay just close your eyes don't think about anyone around There's just you and the Holy Spirit right now. And Father, your word being sown into our hearts for the goods and possessions that you've invested in us with your determination and what you thought was right. We give ourselves to you right now. We say that you're the Lord and I'm a servant. And I pray that you'll sensitize my heart to, to your voice. that you'll point me in the direction of what you're calling me to do in the gifts, practical or spiritual, and that, Lord, I'll have the faith and the courage to follow that through, not only in my individual life, but also in the, the church body life, 
in the church community world where we are. And that Lord will, as a body of people, grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Saviour. And we'll work through the fears, or the anxieties, or the inadequacies, or the doubts, and see you high and lifted up, exalted, through this week. Lord, we'll make a decision to listen for your voice and your direction in the things that we do. And at some period of time, in the next few days, or even tomorrow, we'll see your power and authority flowing through us. Or we'll be able to do something practically and bring glory to your name, glory to your kingdom. and worship you for this plan of salvation that we're a part of. We give you thanks and praise right now. And everyone says, Amen. Okay guys, thank you. Thanks for telling me. <coughs> we always forget it. I'm surprised Stuart never shouted. But we do take an offering basket round to the office. We'll do it for me. Thank you very much. You can put that track seven and eight on there for a man, there's no room for them. Thank <laughs> you.